Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. And joining us now is former NFL player Damian Lewis. He was drafted by the St. Louis Rams in the first round of the 2001 NFL Draft. And throughout his 10-year career, he also spent time with the Panthers, Patriots, and Texans. The defensive lineman played his college football at the University of Miami. He is now retired and is the assistant AD of football and player development at Florida International University. I'm pleased to welcome Damian back on Unpacking It to talk faith, football, and family. Damian, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? I'm doing great, man. How you guys doing? We're, we're doing well, and, and we're excited about the, the NFL draft coming up in, in just a few weeks, and so, so we'll ask you about that in just a little bit. But I want to hear about your new role of, of assistant AD of football player development at FIU. What, what does the new job entail? Well, it entails me I uh, help work with the D-line, uh, doing stuff in meetings and, you know, kind of helping uh, get, you know, get stuff lined up for, you know, plays and all that kind of stuff. And then I also help and get the guys involved out in the community and, uh, you know, get them with their uh, community service and uh, get them linked up with different organizations here in South Florida so they can have an opportunity to go out and serve their communities. Uh, and with that as well, I also sit down and help with recruiting and, uh, you know, go through Texas. That's my area. I kind of run through Texas and look at all the D linemen, linebackers and safeties and DBs and uh, try to help find some players as we're sitting there trying to rebuild this program here at Florida International. Man, well, what a cool job, and it, it sounds like you get to do you know, multiple efforts, and, and so that's pretty sweet. So, so how did you end up pursuing this job, and, and at what point did you realize that you wanted to get involved with college football? Well, uh, I started coaching high school football, you know, doodling around with it when I, was, uh, when I retired, so I never fully left the game. And, uh, you know, I went out and had a couple of business ventures and things like that, but it seemed like every time I would get still, it would always go back to me reverting to football. So, you know, sometimes you got to say the Lord is trying to tell you something, right? That's so, right. Uh, Butch Davis became the head coach here at FIU. I had actually spoke with Mark Rick down at Miami, and uh, I went and done a couple of NFL uh, internships. So I went and done one in Seattle in uh, 2017, and I went last year to Buffalo and did one with uh, Sean and those guys out there. You know, all those guys that came over from Carolina when uh, he got the job there. So, uh, you know, that really lit a fire under me and the coaching and, and, you know, helped me realize, like, I really, really, really want to do this. Uh, you know, it's hard when you go in and you do something, you absolutely love it, and then your internship ends, and you're like, gosh, almighty, man, I wish I was still there doing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, that really lit a fire, and Coach Davis that called me, and uh, Pete Garcia, who's the AD here, uh, who was also our recruiting coordinator back in Miami when I played there, so they gave me a call and asked me and said, hey, if you want to come down when you get done uh, doing your internship at Buffalo, the doors are open. You know, we'll have you come down, help with the D-line, find a couple of roles for you to do around here. We'd absolutely love to have you. So I took them up on the offer, came down, and I've been here ever since. Oh, what a great story. Damian Lewis, our guest right now on Unpacking It. 
He uh, recently became the the assistant AD of football and player development at Florida International University, spent 10 years in the NFL. And and so what was your college football experience like when when you look back and, and what lessons did you learn that you're looking forward to continuing to incorporate into your new job? I feel like, um, you know, just how far the game has come, you know, from the time I was in college to now, you know, with technique work and all that kind of stuff and, you know, acquiring a lot of skill and a lot of knowledge of the game and being able to help the guys and kind of pass that on to them, you know, to help them become better pass rushers, to help them become better run players for the guys up front. But more importantly, just life skill things. You know, uh, me and uh, Coach Kennard Lang is here in Kennard. I played with Kennard at University of Miami as well, and he had a 10-year career. So you got 20 years of NFL experience sitting in a meeting room with one group of guys, and that's not just on-the-field experience. That's life experience. So, you know, we take every opportunity we get, you know, to tell the guys the good, the bad, the ugly about, you know, if you do things right, right things happen. If you do things wrong, bad things happen. And just kind of give them an example of guys that we played with, you know, that done it right and guys that we played with that done it wrong. You know, just always giving them those examples and then take that over to the field as well. You know, guys that worked hard and earned a way to, you know, to end up being drafted in the game or worked hard in both on the field and in the classroom and end up, you know, having great jobs when they left college, you know, there's, there's a lot of positivity with being here if you take advantage of those opportunities. So every day we stress, you know, the opportunities that they have in front of them and, you know, what those opportunities lead to. And, you know, don't be lazy. Don't be lethargic. You know, get up and handle your business. Take care of your business every day because every day is a blessing and, you know, it's just a short term. You know, it may seem like forever, but if you're here four or five years, that's not a, that's not a big chunk of life when you really break it down. So mm. if you're here you got to take advantage of each and every day that you have here. So that's the message we pass to these guys every single day. And I think they look at us and know it's about to come out of our mouth. I think we're, we're trying to be the hammer and not the nail with them, you know, trying to make sure we're getting it in there. <laughs> I love it. I love that perspective. Damian Lewis with us right now on Unpacking It. And and so you, you mentioned the, the off-the-field aspect as well, that, that you want to develop, you know, these guys into men and, and being able to, to even have an impact on their Absolutely. community. And, and I think a lot of times we think, okay, you know, NFL guys, they'll, they'll give back. They've got the money to give back maybe or, or think, oh, maybe guys after their playing career, then they can give back to the community. But how important is it, is it to, to really instill in these guys on the college level to have this mentality of, of serving and, and being a part of, you know, the community that, that they're playing football in and, and leave a lasting impact? It's important because everywhere you go, you have an opportunity to make an impact. It's just not necessarily always in your neighborhood. You know, if you're here and you're from Texas or you're from North Carolina or you're from anywhere else in the country, you are in this community now and you have an opportunity to make an impact in this community because for the next four years of your life, this is your community. It's your college community. So it is imperative that you get out and get involved and create relationships and network with all these different people that are your age and that are your peers and are people who are influencers in this area because you don't know what life is going to bring for you, you know, 10, 15 years down the road. And you don't know who you will be able to reach back and help or may be able to reach back and help you. So it's always great to go out and network and put your best foot forward, go out and meet people, especially being in the neighborhood like here in South Florida. 
You know, mm-hmm. it's just so transient here. But it's the same in any neighborhood or any area of the country. You know, so if you're from a small town, you, you learn those skills here on how to communicate, how to, uh, you know, network with different people, how to create these relationships and, you know, make get these relationships to where you actually get something involved instead of God just sitting, meeting, drinking a beer or drinking water or whatever, or going out for dinner and uh, not really getting anything done. You end up having results with the meetings that you have, and that's what these young guys really need to pick up and learn from, and I think they're doing a great job at it. You know, this is college is the one area where you get the opportunity to go out. You know, you're away from home, you're out of your community, so you actually get to learn another part of the country, another part of the world, and get to be a more well-rounded individual. And for these kids, I mean, that's just outstanding. You don't realize that blessing at the time when you're going through it, but, you know, we're trying to do a good job in making sure that they're hearing this message every day because it is so true. Whatever they learn here in South Florida, they will be able to take back to their own community and be able to bless those young kids that are coming up in their communities with the knowledge that they gain while they're here. And, you know, for me to be able to be a part of that and, you know, be a part of that tree of them growing and learning and being able to have these skill sets to take back home, I'm all for that because that's us helping this community, helping these kids, you know, become better and better themselves and better their family. Mm. Those are all great skills for, for all of us. So that's a, that's a wonderful uh, message and, and being able to, uh, to get these guys at a, at a young age to, to realize that and see the value in it. Uh, man, love that, that you're sharing that with those players yeah, down, because, I mean, down you know, in FIU. You're sitting in the locker room, but you're, you're sitting in the room with, you know, with guys, you know, a lot of these kids are coming from the inner city. A lot of these kids are raised in single-family homes. You know, if we got 95 kids on the team, you know, 30 of them, you know, come from either where they're raised by their grandparents or they're, you know, a single parent. And, you know, they, they haven't been raised in a way where they're being able to go out and share and learn these type of things on a day-to-day basis. So I think, you know, me having my kids and the way I grow and the way I raise my kids, I know I wasn't raised that way. Mm. So I totally understand and totally get where a kid is coming from, where he may walk into college and feel a little bit lost. You know, but that's where we are able to come in and help them find their way. And to me, that is one of the most important things we can do for them is help them find their footing, get them comfortable in their environment so they can go out and thrive each and every day. Ah, I love it. So so for you then, when did you get to that point and, and when did you learn those skills? Because you kind of mentioned maybe you didn't necessarily learn all that growing up. So So what was that process like for you personally? I think a lot of stuff I started to learn when I got here, when I got to Miami, you know, we always had older guys come back, you know, they'd stick their head in and, you know, share a couple of things with us. We'd go out to dinner with them and, you know, they'd share a couple of situations, a couple of things that may have happened, how they handle certain things. And, you know, I always was a question asker as well. So I'd always ask guys, how do they handle this? How do, how do they handle that? You know, and I uh, just kind of helped myself learn as much as I could. I come from a small town in Texas. My own town's like 14,000 people. Wow. So it ain't a whole lot going on there. You know, everything in that town is done to this day, still done on handshake, you know, and your last name goes a long way. And people know your you know, generational last names, you know, who your grandfather was, who your dad is, who your uncles, your cousins, you know, so that carries a lot of weight. And a family's character is based on, you know, how a family's true character and how a family really acts. So that's the environment I grew up in. But coming here to South Florida, you don't know anything about anybody, hmm. you know. So you really have to learn to pick up your people skills and really learn people. You can't lean on, you know, family history because you don't know family history. So, maybe, you know, get out of your comfort zone and have to really put yourself out there. But you also have to be, you know, conscious of what you're hearing and, you know, what people are doing and kind of learn you know, what's real and what's not, you know. So that's just one of those things just for me 
coming from a small town into a big city and just kind of learning those different things there, you know, keeping my nose clean, staying out of trouble and, you know, being able to uh, make a positive impact on the Miami community when I was here. That's right. Well, I, I'm a little biased, of course, because I'm, I'm an interviewer on the radio, but, but that, that skill of being a question asker is, is something that really everybody should develop. To, to be curious, to, to learn from other people, to actually you know, ask people what they know, what they've experienced, and, and that can happen day-to-day, whether you're standing in line at the, the grocery store or your waitress. You, you just never know who, who you can learn from or just you ask a question and it leads to something else. And so I, I appreciate your perspective on that because I, I think that's sometimes an underutilized skill, yet it's so simple. You just, you just ask. You, you just, you're just curious about life and people. So. You know, man, it, it makes you get out of your comfort zone because, you know, I can easily sit in the grocery line and not say a word, you know. That's right. And check out and just move on and, you know, don't say hi. Don't ask the lady that's uh, scanning my groceries how she's doing. Don't ask the older gentleman behind me, you know, what kind of day he's having. You know, I could just sit there and be to myself, but I try not to be that way. And my grandparents were kind of like that. My dad was like that. My mom was like that. So that's kind of where I kind of picked that skill up from always sparking the conversation. You know, I, I don't like to feel like if there's a stranger in the room when I walk into the room. I want to try to get around and speak to everyone if I can if I can pull it off. That's right. I'm, I'm right there with you. That's really cool. Damian Lewis, our guest right now on Unpacking It. He spent 10 years in the NFL, uh, played with the Rams, the Panthers, and, and now he's a, a coach and an assistant AD of football player development at Florida International University. And, and, and then we got the NFL draft coming up in a couple of weeks. And, and I love hearing stories from guys who have already been through the, the process. So you were drafted 12th overall by the St. Louis Rams back in 2001. So, so what were your, your memories of that day and, and the weeks leading up to it? I remember um, weeks leading up to it, I actually got a call from the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Marty was not the GM at the time. I cannot remember the guy's name that was the GM. But I got a call from them. Uh, this was probably about three weeks before the draft. And then uh, I was in constant contact, or my agent was in constant contact with St. Louis. By then, you know, I'd worked out for the Rams privately and uh, went on a visit out to Cleveland and I uh, went on another visit to Baltimore. So I had a little activity coming up before the draft. But on draft day, my cousin, McClinton Neal, came by the house and picked me up. And I'm saying his name because he ran – in uh, Barcelona, he ran the 400 hurdles, um, oh. you know, in the, in the Olympics in Barcelona. Yeah. He comes by the house out from Dallas, and uh, he has his fishing poles in the back of the truck. So we go out, you know, it's like 7.30 in the morning, six or 7 in the morning. We go out and we go fishing, and we absolutely <laughs> destroyed him that morning. You know, we're in Texas, you know, the weather is nice. We went out, cast a couple, you know, had a really good time sitting there talking and hanging out with my older cousin, and my brother was with me. And, uh, you know, we're just chilling, man, just like, you know, old times. And, uh, you know, just kind of catching up with each other on life and plans and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I rolled in the house and probably about three or four picks in when I got there. Um, went in, took a shower, came out, sit down for about 45 minutes to an hour, and then the phone rang and it was over. There it is. <laughs> it was that simple. You know, back in the day, a lot of guys didn't really go out, you know, to the uh, actual event and stuff like that. I think, you know, the whole deal with uh, – with Sap and then with uh, with Randy Moss kind of scared a lot of guys off from doing that because that was fresh on everybody's mind. The last uh-huh. thing you want to do is be sitting in the green room and you start falling, you know. <laughs> That's like that feeling like nobody wants to have that. So, uh, you know, I think Michael Vick and um, a few other guys went, but it wasn't that many that went out to the draft in that 2001 class, you know. So uh, 
everybody that I knew that, uh, you know, going through that process, guys that I met, everybody went back home with their family, just hanging out and chilling, kind of doing the same thing I was. That, no, that's fun. And that's a, that's a great experience yeah. as well. So, so what is your advice then to guys who, who are about to be drafted? What, what do you tell them as far as just kind of what, what you learned and, and maybe something that they, they don't necessarily realize heading into the draft? This is the beginning of the journey, you know. Mm. So when when the easy part is coming up is when you get your name called. You know, you still got to continue to work and even work harder and really get your body prepared for that treacherous rookie season because, you know, when you get to about week eight, you've already played 12 games and a lot of, you know, some guys may or may not have had a bye week by then and your body is feeling it. You know, in college you get a bye week, maybe two bye weeks, depending on where you're playing at. And, um, you know, it is, and the pounding is nowhere near what it is in the NFL, especially back in the day. Because back then, you know, we could practice in pads year-round. You know, we didn't have to, uh, it wasn't a limited amount of padding practices you can have throughout the week getting ready for the seat or getting ready for the games. So, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was a grind. It was a real grind. And I think that was the biggest adjustment, you know, your body just getting used to uh, getting up, you know, and being in the office Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, flying out Saturday, or going to the hotel Saturday playing on Sunday, coming in on Monday, Tuesday off, and you start it all over again. And it is every day for the better part of 20-plus weeks. And, uh, you know, that's when you realize there's no school, you know, there's no homework to turn in, none of that. You know, you are literally doing this for a living, and it is real that first year. It's fun, but it's definitely an adjustment. So I think, you know, guys just get themselves prepared for that and uh, just realizing this is the start of the journey, not the end. A lot of guys that got drafted third, fourth, fifth, sixth round have made great careers, you know, and a lot of guys in the first round hadn't lasted that long. Mm. So it is about what you do when you get there, not necessarily how you get there. So every guy that gets drafted, every guy that goes in as a free agent has an opportunity to make an impact on a football team, and they need to go in with that mindset. You know, you're not nobody's giving up on you if you're not giving up on yourself. So just go out there and work and do your very best and play your hardest each and every chance you get, and just try to do whatever you can to get yourself to rise up that depth chart. So true. Damian Lewis, he was drafted 12th overall by St. Louis back in 2001, uh, spent 10 years in the NFL. And, and Damian, uh, as you know, we love talking football on, on Unpacking It, but we also love talking faith and, and family. And, and so just curious, in, in what ways has God really been working in your life recently what what have you been maybe learning or or studying or 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 just thinking about i think it's just been patience you know uh because i've been i'm not at home i'm here in uh in uh, miami my family's still in charlotte the kids are in school and stuff like that and you know sitting here chasing this and wanting to do this for a living and just learning to be patient you know i can't get home every week because i got responsibilities here and you know and just trying to be, you know, just, just find my calm and find my peace in that and being patient with that's kind of really hard, not being around the kids every day, you know. So, uh, and being around my lovely wife, she's a lovely lady, being around her every day, you know, and I miss mama's cooking, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so uh, just, you know, pay, patience in that and just really getting back into, uh, you know, fine-tuning myself and honing in on my craft. You know, not being home is really giving me an opportunity to really sit here and focus and learn what it is to be a coach because it is different from playing. You know, I know how to relate to guys. I've always been able to be a player coach, so to speak, but being an actual coach is a lot different than being a player. And, you know, and just kind of taking on those responsibilities and staying the task every day and making sure the guys stay the task, you know, and being on point with what we're talking about and how we're presenting it 
and how we're teaching these guys and getting the results that we want to get out from them and being able to, uh, you know, constantly go in and study and things like that and, you know, just staying fresh. And I think, you know, just patience in that and just uh, faith in that the Lord is going to lead us through and make sure, you know, we get it done. I think those two things, patience and faith, has been the things that I've been tested the most at, but also the things that I've been honed in and focused on more than anything. Yeah, because how do you you feel like this this time away has grown your your faith and, and just your dependence on God during the during this time? Yes, I mean because I'm not home. I'm not you know I'm not the security man sitting at home with the family and you know so you got to have faith that they're in God's hands and that He's going to take care of them because I am ten hours away driving and that's a long way. So if things go bad, I really have to depend on Him to be there and do that. And that's, that, that has been probably the hardest thing for me because I've always been hands-on, always been at the house. They've always been with me. And, you know, you just find pride in that. But not being home has really made me lean on him and, you know, praying to him that everything's going to be all right with the wife and little ones. You know what I'm saying? So that that has really, really, really been challenging. It really has. Yeah, no, I, I bet. I know a lot of people listening can, can relate to that, going through certain seasons of life where, yeah, you're either traveling a lot for work or having to, to be located somewhere else uh, temporarily and your family's right. somewhere else. So that's a, that's a challenging season for sure. And, and, and Damien, as we, uh, as we wrap things up, I, uh, I've recently been asking my, my guests this kind of final question because my, my wife and I, we're, we're due with our first child uh, this August. And, and so I, I just want to hear maybe a, a word of advice or a, a word of wisdom for a first-time dad. What, what do you got for me today? Yes, ma'am and no, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever she say is yes, ma'am. If you don't agree and you want to, you just don't want to agree. Just, well, no, ma'am. I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. And I plan feet rubbed. And whenever she needs to get out and get her hair done, I just go out and be a woman for you know, get whatever she needs to get done done for an hour, two, three hours. Make sure that you are there to do the duties of you know taking care of your baby. You know, make sure she get those chances where she can step out of the house and you know take care of the little one and prepare dinner and allow her to go out, you know, for dinner or whatever it may be with her friends. So she keep her contacts alive and keep her, you know, old things she had going on alive and well. Because with the first one, man, they do not want to leave the house. They want to be there and do every single thing. So, you know, she's got to have faith and have patience in you and know that you are willing and able and capable of taking care of that little one while she steps out of the house for a couple of hours and, you know, go out and sit down and, uh, have a conversation over, uh, you know, a nice bite to eat with a friend. So, um, you know, that just keeps her good and helps her and keeps her mind fresh because I'm telling you, buddy, when they come, that about good three, four months there, man, it's going to be like Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> I believe get it. Get ready, brother. I'm just telling you, get ready. So, like I said, make sure you got the lotion out. Make sure you give your wife a foot rub. <laughs> and uh, make sure you give her some time to get out with her friends and that, you know, you can take care of the baby, you know. And there's some other things, other tools that she's going to have to have with her when she does that. But y'all will go over all that when the time comes. We're going to talk about that on the air. There you go. But, uh, you know, say, hey, I got this. I got this. <laughs> I, I like it. No, that, that's, that's excellent practical advice. So I, I appreciate that, Damien. Yeah. And, uh, man, thanks so much for, for coming back on Unpacking It today. Uh, wish you the best with the, the new job. And, and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll connect when you're, you're back in Charlotte at some point. So, so thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you guys for having me on. Absolutely. There's Damian Lewis joining us here on Unpacking It. 
For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.